as our children are being dismissed to their class. Uh, as Kirsten mentioned, we had a, a Sunday school. Uh, our class got together Monday night for time of prayer and devotion. And uh, Monday afternoon, I actually talked to uh, my pastor friend in Cuba, uh, Brother Morales, and he, he shared that his church is on 21 days of a, a prayer and fasting conference and are just his church is praying every day from 8 o'clock to 12 o'clock, shutting everything down and just praying. And uh, he said if there's anything that the Lord has spoke to him during this time, he said the value of the secret place. And uh, I just started meditating on that and just just pondering on, on Psalms 91. And uh, I didn't even know at the time Kirsten had got the young people to come over to the house. I said, well, I need to get a devotion ready. She said, well, just, just have something short and sh short, brief. And I said, well, I got a verse on my heart, Psalms 91. And uh, just started praying about that thing and just about five, seven-minute devotion. But after they left, after Kirsten, the babies went to bed, I lived out what Psalms 91 talked about and found my way into the secret place. And I can tell you, I don't know on time to uh, late at night, early, early in the morning, walking those floors. God shared his heart with me. And I can tell you, it's, it has been heavenly. Just what, what, what I felt, the closeness with God. And I, I want to share what God birthed in me. I mean, it's my prayer that God does it in us. And God does it corporately tonight. Uh, but I, I want us to take a journey tonight in Psalms 91. We're going to read one verse. Verse number one, we'll look at different verses throughout the chapter as we go throughout the message. But for the, the sake of time, just going to read one verse. Very familiar passage. But it says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I want us to take a journey tonight, amen, from where we are to where he is. And I want to preach to you for a few moments on this thought, simple thought, but the secret place, the secret place. Father, we love you tonight. We thank you for your spirit that we've already been made to feel. We pray that you add your blessings to the word of God. Father, what you have birthed in me this week, I pray, oh God, that you would anoint me to deliver what's burning in my heart. God, not a thing more, not a thing less, but may your perfect will be done. God, I know that in a congregation more than about four or five, not everybody will take hold to what's being said tonight. But God, for those that do, I pray, oh Lord, God, that they could take that journey, that they could, God, enter into a, a deeper dimension with you than they ever have before. God, I pray that we could experience more in you than we ever have before. God, we're hungry for more. God, we desire more. God, we're thankful. God, for everything that you've done in the past, and I rejoice in it, but God, I pray that you would give us today our daily bread. God, lead us into more as deep as calling unto deep. I pray, oh God, that this would be a church that responds to the call. 
Oh, God, that would wade out, God, out of the ankle-deep water, the knee-deep water, the waist-deep water, but would enter into the river, the fullness of your spirit. Oh, God, where the river carries us, where you would have us to go, God, into the, 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 the depths of a, a spirit-enriched life. And, God, we're going to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory for all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray it. And the church says amen and amen. As we look at these words, and I'm going to have, I'll stay close to my notes tonight to, to try to deliver everything that God has, has said and not try to venture off and chase too many rabbit trails. But as we look at these words, these are words of one who had known uh, the, the, the shafts of unkindness, the arrows of death, the cruel torments of life. If there's a man that has ever found himself on the various spectrum of, of life stages and life cycles, David would fit one that experienced some extremely low lows and some extremely high highs. He knows what it's like for the Spirit of the Lord to come upon him and him to slay a, a giant, Goliath, that was the champion of Gath. But he knows what it's like for his son to come against him and try to usurp the throne and try to uh, take his very life. He knows what it's like for the anointing from the horn of, of, of uh, the prophet Samuel for the horn of oil to be poured out upon him and for him to be anointed king. And then just a few days later to have javelins thrown at him by the man that was currently on the throne by the name of Saul. He was a man that passed through many uh, high highs and low lows but throughout it all David said that there is a place he said there's a, a place, a, a secret place, as deep in its secrecy as God is high in His omnipotence. A place that is overshadowed by the very hand of God Himself. Look at the words that, that David penned. He said, He that dwelleth. That word uh, here, dwelleth, is a present, is a participle from the verb to sit. It, it literally means in the Hebrew tongue, He that sitteth. In the secret place. This is an idea of a place not covered in anxiety. Not a, a place covered with uh, uh, the, the uh, doldrums of life. But this is a place of calm repose. Of resting. Of sitting down as, as one does in his dwelling. It literally the, the word picture here is as we would sit down in our easy chair. In our place of abode. It's talking about a man that would sit down. In the very presence of God. He that sitteth here. In the secret place. What is that secret place? It's abiding. Where the presence of God abides. He goes on to say. Of, of the most high. Of, of God. One that is exalted above all. He went on to say. That that man. That sits in the secret place. He shall abide. That in the Hebrew word. Is a, a very long word. That I'll not try to butcher in pronunciation. But it simply means a lodging place. He that sitteth in the, the presence, he that dwelleth in the presence shall abide, shall lodge, shall find his dwelling, his resting place under the shadow of the Almighty. This is under the protection as if under the very wings of God himself. This is a general statement as it is designed as an introduction to the whole psalm. Or expressing what the psalm is intended to illustrate. The blessedness of the man that dwells with God. 
who makes him his habitation, who makes the home of God his home. Amen. He that dwelleth in that secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. The picture here is one that would enter in into the most holy place of the tabernacle, the, the, the very holy of holies, and would say, this is the place where I'm going to make my abide. This is going to be the place where I will make my abode. This is going to be my lodging place. This is going to be my dwelling place. Now for carnal man then, that was an impossibility. It was impossible for anybody outside of the high priest to venture into the holies of holies. And he could do that one time a year. Oh, but this was a picture of a day of grace. That would come because of the cross of Calvary when the veil would be torn down and the separation that we preached about some time ago would be removed so that man would have access to the very holy of holies where we could have access to the spirit and the secret place of God Almighty. I mean the picture is man as he would enter into the tabernacle, go past the veil to the very holy of holies and say, this is where I'm going to dwell. He that dwells in the secret place, amen, of the Most High, shall abide, shall lodge, shall make his dwelling place under the shadow of the Almighty. I can tell you, folks, number one, it is the express will of God for every believer to find this secret place. Amen. God is no respect of a person. If he did it for one, his desire is to do it for all. Amen. You say, well, this is an Old Testament passage of the secret place. Oh, but I can tell you, you can trace its references all throughout that New Testament, even to the words of Christ himself. In Matthew chapter number 6, Jesus speaking and said, When thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. But verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut the door, pray to thy Father which is in secret. And thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Jesus is saying here, when you pray, find you a prayer closet. Find you a place of solitude. Find you a place where you can shut out the distractions of this life. You can press your way into my presence. And I see what happens in secret. You see, nobody else knows what goes on in secret. That's why it's a secret. Nobody else knows what transpires uh, when you go into the prayer closet and you shut the door. Uh, oh, but there's one in heaven that sees uh, what goes on in secret. Uh, there's one in heaven that knows uh, what goes on in secret. And he says, uh, when I see what happens in the secret place, uh, when I see your desire uh, to shut yourself in with me uh, and me in with you, uh, it's then that I will reward thee openly. Uh, don't be a hypocrite uh, that only prays on Sunday and Wednesdays. 
Don't be a hypocrite. Then don't say all of these flowing prayers. Amen. That'll move all the emotions in the church house. But it's so spiritual that they don't have to pray any other day of the week. God says they have their reward. They have what they want, the applause of men. Amen. But we're not out for the applause of men. We're out for the honor and the recognition of God Almighty. And that happens in the secret. That happens when we find ourselves in the secret place. There is a time for corporate prayer. I am not bashing that in the least bit. But I can tell you God is also concerned with what goes on in secret prayer. God's just as concerned about what you do in secret as He does in the synagogue. Amen. The secret place. Enter into that closet. The meaning here is the Savior says there should be some place where we may be in secret with Him where we may be alone with God. There should be some place every day to which we may resort where no ear will hear but His ear and no eye can see but His eye. Amen. Where we shut ourselves out from the outside world and we shut ourselves in with Christ. It is a necessity for us to find that secret place. And doing the studying for this message, I found something that made me want to shout and it made... Uh, Acts chapter number 2 come alive in a fashion that I've never seen it before. But in every Jewish house, in every pious, holy Jewish family's house, there was a room in that house that was set aside for prayer. There was a room that was specifically built with the intention Brother Daniel of being a secret place. And most of the time, these rooms were not on the same floor as every other room in the house. But what they would do is on their roof, their roofs were often flat. But they would build a roof, or build a room on the top of their roof that was dedicated to be their secret place. They didn't have to worry about the kids running around and interrupting them. They didn't have to worry about uh, people, visitors coming in the front door. No, they were in the secret place. They didn't have to worry about all the, the cares of the affairs of life, but they would find themselves into that room, to that secret place, that place of solitude, that place of secrecy, and they would shut the door and they would commune with God. They said that it was very common for this room to be on the roof of houses, separating themselves from the world. When you read of the Holy Ghost coming in Acts chapter number 2, where were the 120 gathered? They were in an upper room. Now, I don't know what that room was, and neither do you. But I can tell you the thought process behind it is the 120 were gathered in the secret place. The 120 were gathered in a place and they shut themselves in with God Almighty. The Holy Ghost did not fall on the streets of Jerusalem. He fell on the upper room. 
Amen. He fell in the secret place. He fell where the 120 were gathered. Oh, hallelujah. It was, he fell in the upper room because it was a place of intimacy with Christ. Where the church was praying in secret, God rewarded openly with his spirit. The church was birthed out of the secret place. The church was birthed out of a time of intimacy between those 120 with Christ. Amen. That is where power come from. Power, the power of Pentecost flowed out of this secret place. And I can tell you, church, if we want Pentecostal power in our lives today, it must be birthed the same exact way. Amen. It will be birthed out of the secret place or it'll be birthed not at all. When God sees the church praying in secret, when God sees individuals as hungry for a move of God and they separated themselves from the cares and the affairs of this life and have pressed their way into the secret place and have shut the door. It's then, honey, that power flows. It's then that the Holy Ghost can fall. Suddenly, amen, there can come a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and fill all the house where they were setting. Notice that. They were setting. What were they doing? They were dwelling in that secret place. The word dwelling in Psalms 91 and then sitting in Acts chapter number 2 is the same word. They were dwelling in the secret place. They were sitting in the secret place. Power flows out of the secret place. Intimacy in the secret place is always been the key to power. Notice the words here. Jesus said, but thou, when thou prayest, enter thou into the closet. And when thou hast shut the door, pray to thy Father, which is in secret. He did not say, if thou prayest. He said, when you pray. It is his will, number one, for us to be people of prayer. You will never be people of power unless you're first people of prayer. We want the power, but very few are disciplined in prayer. Ah, help me, Lord. When thou prayest. And he didn't say when you, when you pray, go into the synagogue every day, but when you pray, go into the closet, shut the door, and thy Father, which sees in secret, shall reward thee openly. Yeah, Number one, it's his will for us to enter into the secret place. Number two, it's his will for us to shut the door. You see, when you enter into the secret place, you're going to have to shut the door on some things. Oh, now this is where it gets fuzzy. Everybody likes the concept of the secret place, but they're not willing to shut the door on Facebook long enough to get along with God. Uh, they're not willing to turn off the sitcom long enough. We can spend three and a half, four hours watching a ball game, but we can't give God five minutes in the secret place. You see, to enter into the secret place, Jesus said, you're going to have to shut the door. 
You're going to have to shut the door on some things. You're going to have to shut the door on politics. You're going to have to shut the door on the Chinese balloons that's flowing ahead and we're all caught up in that. We're going to have to shut the door on the economic reports and what the stocks are doing. We're going to have to shut the door on what economists are saying, on what bills are due, on what the doctor's reports are. Amen. I fully believe that many are flocking all over the country trying to chase revival tonight. Amen. And some of those same people aren't willing to get up and walk across the room to turn the television off to have a move of God in their own house. Amen. They want to chase somebody else's fire. Amen. More concerned about doing that than they are having Pentecostal fire in their own hearts and lives. Amen. We're going to have to shut the door, folks, and get along with God. It's then that power flows. It's then that we can have an audience of God. But it will only come when we enter into the secret place and when we are willing to shut Shut the door. This is why it's the secret place. It's not secret because it's not available to everybody. But it's secret because only a few truly have the desire to pursue it. Let that sink in. Listen, a, a, a pirate treasure X marks the spot. Nobody knows where X is, except a handful of people. And that's why it's a secret. That's why the treasure's never found. But the treasure right here in Psalms 91, David tells us where it is. He tells us the value of it. The Word of God lays out what the secret is. We don't have to wonder where X marks the spot is. We know where it's at. We have access to it. It's available to all of us. Yet there's so many that's so wrapped up into so many carnal things. They have no desire for the secret place. They're afraid it's going to cost them something. They're not willing to shut the door. And because of that, they never access the fullness of the riches of God. Is it really important to shut the door? Is it really important to enter into the secret place? I'm glad you asked. Because I'm going to tell you whether you want to know or not. 2 Kings chapter number 4. You know the story very well. A woman, probably the wife, of Obadiah when the prophet of God who sustained the men of God in the famine. When he died, left her with debts. The creditors were coming to collect her sons to make them be as slaves. She calls out unto Elisha, tells her what's going on. And Elisha said, what is it you want me to do? Tell me what thou has in the house. And she said, that handmaid has nothing in the house but a pot of oil. We know what oil is representative of. We know that it is a picture of the Holy Ghost in Scripture. And she says, I have nothing left in the house but a pot of oil. The oil was more precious to her than her Maytag appliances. The oil was more precious to her than her Ashley furniture suits and bedroom suits and her living room pieces. The oil was more precious to her than the china cabinet 
And all of the ancillary things that we feel like we have to have. She said, I can let all of that go. But I can't live a day without the oil. She said, there's just one problem. I only have a little bit left. Uh, uh, I've just got a, a little bit left. All I have is this one pot of oil. So Elisha says, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go borrow vessels of your neighbors. Borrow not a few. And you're going to uh, shut the door upon thee and thy sons. And thou shalt pour out into those vessels. And thou shalt set aside which is full. And so and she, she didn't know the end result. She just sent her sons out do what the man of God said. Go get the vessels. I've got the pot of oil. It's precious to me. I have the word of God. I have the prophet of God that's speaking and commanding me what to do. We're going to act in obedience. Go get vessels. Go evangelize to your neighbors. Tell them about the goodness of God. Tell them about what God is doing. Go voice the word. Get all the vessels that you can. But notice, nothing happened when they went to get the vessels. Nothing happened when they brought the vessels in. If she wanted to experience a miracle, there was one more step that she had to do. She had to shut the door. <laughs> I feel God in this house. She had to shut herself in. She had to shut the world out. And she had to shut herself in. She shut the door and her house became a secret place. Her house became a place wherein the Spirit of God came down. Oh, and when she shut the door, it was then that the oil began to flow. Out of that one pot of oil, my God, she began to pour out and vessel after vessel after vessel after vessel was full until they filled all the vessels. And the Bible said when there remained no more vessels to fill, that then the oil stayed. Oh, when she shut the door, it was then that the oil flowed. Amen. The church says that we want a move of God. I can tell you it'll only happen when the church shuts the door. We can evangelize all we want to. We can witness all we want to. We can testify all we want to. But until we've entered into the secret place, oh, until something is birthed on the inside of us, amen, we can give words all day long. But until it's His words flowing out of us, nothing is going to transpire. Oh, but when we get into that secret place, when our home becomes a secret place, when our vessels find themselves in the secret place. It's then that the Holy Ghost will flow. It's then that the Spirit of God will manifest itself. And the world can know that the church is filled with oil. There's value in shutting the door. Her house became the secret place. Where is the secret place? It's anywhere God is. Anywhere God is. I'm getting way ahead of myself. But I don't have to go to an upper room in Jerusalem to find the secret place. This woman didn't have to go to the synagogue or go to the tabernacle. When she shut the door, her house became a holy place. Oh my God. Amen. Why is it 
that our homes are full of hell? Why is it that marriages are on the rocks? Why is it that kids are disruly and disobedient and we don't know where we're going wrong? Amen. It's time to shut the door. It's time to empty out the house of everything but the oil of God. And when we shut the door, the oil will flow. Oh, God, our house that's filled with hell, amen, can become a holy place of God. I can tell you the oil still flows out of the secret place. The oil still flows out of the secret place. We cannot expect God to do corporately what we do not allow Him to do individually. Before 3,000 people could be saved, 120 individuals had to first be filled. Corporate moves of God is birthed out of the secret place. God will never do in here what we don't allow Him to do right here. You can pray for revival here all day long and I feel like you're going to be praying now until the rapture takes place and you may never see it. But when we pray for revival to come right here, oh God, when somebody's soul catches on fire, amen, you can come into this house, honey. Nobody has to prime your pump and tell you to clap your hands. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise or give God a wave offering. No, praise is going to be on your lips. When you have revival in your heart, revival will come to this house. Quit praying for revival to come to this house when you ain't experienced it in your heart. Let it start here. It's got to start here before it can flow out there. We've got to find ourselves hidden in that secret place. God places a premium on the secret place and shows so should we. I've got four ports and I could preach this in four different messages. I'm going to try to get it all done tonight but I can't make any promises. There's four things that we'll find in the secret place. Any way you slice it, I believe that there are four things in scripture we can find that we will find here. When we enter into the secret place, number one, when we enter into the secret place, we will find God's presence. Psalms 91, verse 1, He that dwelleth in the secret place shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now, I am not the smartest crayon in the pack. There's many of you out there that's a whole lot smarter than I am. But even somebody that has their challenges can know that for a shadow to be present, an object has to first be present. There has to be something casting that shadow. Because if nothing's there, there will be no shadow. But if a shadow is there, then somebody has to be cast in that shadow. So when we enter into the secret place, for us to be able to abide under the shadow of the Almighty. How does the shadow get there? God meets us in the secret place. God meets us in the secret place. And it's then, amen, that we can 
feel and be made to know His presence. Number one, if you're under the shadow of the Almighty, you can rest assured that God is there. But number two, not only is He there, but He passes so close to us that He hovers over us and He literally casts His shadow upon us. Amen. For me to abide in the Brother Daniel's shadow, I have to be pretty close to Brother Daniel. If I expect to walk in Brother David's shadow, I've got to get pretty close to David for that shadow to be cast upon me. And if we find ourselves under the shadow of the Almighty, then the Almighty has to be close. And He has to be so close that His shadow is being cast upon us. Oh, hallelujah. When we find ourselves in the secret place, you can rest assured God will meet us there. Say, I don't know about that preacher. That's Old Testament. Right. Let's travel this thing on out to the New Testament. The best picture of this in New Testament can be found in Luke chapter number one. Then the angel, or then Mary said to the angel, How shall this be seeing? I know not a man. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost, the third person in the triune Godhead, God the Holy Ghost, shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. The angel said that the presence of the highest, who was the highest? God. God, his presence is going to overshadow thee. His power is going to overshadow thee. And that thing, amen, that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Before Mary ever conceived, she found herself overshadowed in the secret place. The shadow of Psalms 91 traversed, amen, 400 or 600 years of that dead period between Malachi and Matthew. Oh, it traversed straight through that. Went all the way found a virgin by the name of Mary. And that shadow, David's shadow that he experienced, the shadow of the Almighty, amen, was revealed in the New Testament to Mary. Before she ever conceived, she found herself overshadowed in the secret place. Look, Mary separated herself from the world. Amen. Promiscuity was the name of the game. They were under Roman occupation. And for young girls, I'm not going to get graphic with this. Amen. But they would throw their self on every Roman soldier that would come their way, hoping that that would be their ticket out of poverty, hoping that that would be their ticket out to a better life. But while everybody else was going mainstream, while everybody else was playing that game, there was one girl that separated herself that says I want to be holy before God more than I want to take it out of poverty more than I want a Roman husband I want to give my life solely unto God she lived her life in the secret place and when she separated herself from the trends of that day God met her in that secret place before anything great could be birthed out of Mary. There had to be a secret place. Before anything can great can ever be birthed out of this pulpit, there must be a secret place. Many people want great delivery, but for every delivery, it requires conception. There will never be a delivery 
without a conception. For every great message that's birthed in this pulpit or any pulpit by a man of God, there must first be a secret place. Oh, I feel God where he gets along with God. God shares his heart. God shares his will. God shares his way. Amen. And he, amen, takes hold in his heart of what God says. And he gives birth. Amen. Where that delivery take place. And the natural delivery cannot take place without conception. It's the same in the spiritual. God will never get anything out of us if we don't allow him to birth something in us. Corporate revival will never be birthed until personal revival is revealed and conceived in the secret place. In his presence. Why is it? You just want straight preaching where the rubber meets the road tonight. Why is it that very few people find themselves in the secret place and make it a priority? Because a whole lot of people really aren't in love with his presence. If you can live without something, you will live without something. If you can live without God's presence, you will live without God's presence. But for that man or woman that craves it, Brother Daniel, for that man or woman that says, just as much as I need this natural breath in my body, I need the breath of the Holy Ghost to be breathed on me. Just as much as I need natural blood coursing through my veins, I need an encounter with the blood of the Almighty. Amen. Just as much as I need sustenance in this physical life, I need spiritual sustenance in my inner man. I long for the secret place. I crave the secret place. Amen. When you make the Spirit of God a priority, you can have what you set your heart on. If you desire the presence of God, you can have the presence of God. If you don't desire it, then check out, honey. You can live without it. He's not going to make you a priority if you don't make him a priority. It is a two-way street. Amen. But for those that crave his presence, they can have it. In his presence, the Bible says there is fullness of joy. There's fullness that can only be found in his presence. Where do you find his presence? You find it in that secret place. Now, I'm about to get real spiritual. This was the second time I about wanted to shout Monday night. I looked up that word fullness in the Hebrew. That word fullness means the feeling after one is full after a meal. It means satisfaction and abundance. The picture here, if this don't make you want to shout, then God help you. The picture here is like going to an all-you-can-eat buffet and eating to your heart's content, eating to your full and you're satisfied, but then realizing that you can have to-go boxes and you can take some home with you because there's an abundance there. You see, in the natural, you can't do that. If you can, let me know because I need to try out that restaurant. <laughs> they put a limit on it. It's one visit only, honey. You eat and you're done. 
Oh, but this fullness in the Hebrew, it means an abundance. It means an overflow. It means you can eat to your heart's content. You can get full and you can carry some home with you. Amen. You can take five boxes if you want to. You can take a hundred boxes if you want to. Because there is, my God, an endless supply. I'm telling you, that's the fullness that God has for the child of God in the secret place. He'll satisfy your needs. He'll satisfy your cravings. But there's an abundance in Him. He'll never run out of supply. He'll never run out. There'll never be a closed sign above His door. But you can go back over and over and over again. And He'll always be able to meet the demands of your life. Because in His presence, there is fullness. You missed a good place to shout. Hallelujah. All of these things can be found in the secret place. We find God's presence. We find God's protection. When your soul is under assault, when anxiety has gripped your mind, when peace cannot be found, there is a place that you can go. There is a secret place. It's a refuge and a fortress. That's how David described it. A refuge is a place of safety, but a fortress is something that can't be penetrated. A fortress is a refuge on steroids. It's often built in the cleft of a rock. And look at this protection. That David said, I'll save the Lord. He's my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers. And under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth, his truth shall be thy shield and thy buckler. Most of the time, refuges and fortresses in that day was hewn out. Of the cleft of a rock. There's just one problem about that. Rocks cannot stand up to every element on earth. It may be good in some instances, but you let an earthquake come, that fortress will collapse overnight. But the picture here is there's a fortress unlike anything man has ever experienced. The safest fortress that we can find is under the wings of the Almighty. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He shall cover thee with his feathers. You say, do you really believe God has feathers? He likens himself in Deuteronomy 32 to an eagle. He said, as an eagle stirreth up her nest and fluttereth over her young, spreadeth her brighter wings, taketh them up, beareth them on her wings, so was I with you. Talking about that exodus out of that journey. In Matthew chapter 23, he compared himself to a mother chick, or mother chicken, when she said, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them, which are sent to thee, how often I would have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathered her chickens under her wings. This place of refuge and safety under the very wings of an eagle is what is being uh, portrayed here 
And if there's one thing I've learned, there is not one attack that can penetrate the protective wings of God. There's not one attack that can pe penetrate the protective wings of God. Hallelujah. That's the place under the shadow of the Almighty, under the wings of God himself. The psalmist goes on to say that this protection is accessible at any time. He said in 91 verse 5, Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor the error that flieth in daytime. If you try to get into a, a doctor or a physician, he's got operating hours. Uh, you show up after five, uh, you're out of luck. You have to wait to eight. Uh, you need a banker, uh, amen, he shuts the doors at five. Uh, you need a lawyer, he's got hours. Uh, amen, man has their limitations, uh, but not in God's economy, honey. Uh, you need protection uh, from the air that flies by day. Uh, that protection uh, is always open. Uh, you have terrors at night uh, that steals your sanity, uh, where you can't sleep. You can access that refuge anytime. That place, hallelujah, where the arrows of the enemy can't penetrate is open 24-7, 365 days a year. Anytime you need him, he's good for it, and he'll be there. And can I tell you, not only can you access it at any time, there is no expiration on how long you can stay. Notice what David said. Psalms 57 verse 1. Be merciful unto me, O God. Be merciful unto me. For my soul trusteth in thee. Yea, in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge until these calamities be passed. David said, I'm going to find my way into that secret place under your wings. And I'm not leaving until I know everything's going to be all right. I'm not leaving. I'm staying right here in your presence. He said in Psalm 61 verse 4, I will abide in that tabernacle forever. I will trust in the covenant of thy wings. David said, I could stay here every day for the rest of my life. There is no expiration on how long we can stay there. We find in the secret place God's presence. We find God's protection. But we also find God's power in the secret place. You read Psalms 91, verse 13. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder. You read it for yourself. It's right here. Psalms 91, 13. Shall tread upon the lion and the adder, the young lion and the dragon, shalt thou trample under feet. I want you to think about how many animals and entities and men are there in the world. Thousands upon thousands upon thousands. But yet as God wove together his word, out of all of the illustrations that David could have used in Psalms 91 and 13, what did he use? He used the lion, the adder which is a snake, and a dragon. All three of these throughout Scripture are symbolic to our adversary, the devil. Some, First Peter five and eighteen: Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Revelations twelve verse nine: And the great dragon, and that old serpent. 
called the devil and Satan, which deceived the whole world, was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So, in David's secret place, he realized that he had power over the lion. He had power over the snake, the adder. And he had power over the dragon. That lets us know that in his presence, in his secret place, that his power is greater than all the powers of the enemy. There is no power that can conquer you in his presence. There is no power that can triumph over you in his presence. Amen. You feel yourself being overwhelmed by the devil at times. I know I do. We're flesh and we're blood and I have limitations. But honey, when I get into his presence, there's power. Amen. Greater than the power of the enemy. There is no weapon formed against us that shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against us in judgment but thou shalt condemn. That is the heritage of the children of the Lord. That is the heritage for those that press their way in to the secret place of God. We are made more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Greater is He within me than He that is within the world when we find ourselves in that secret place. The fourth time I wanted to shout the other night. And here's you a good opportunity right here. I know this may be, this is common, or just very simple. But I'm a very simple man. God has to water his talking way down to get on my level. But when you're under the wings of the Almighty, he compared himself in Deuteronomy 32 to an eagle. He said, as that eagle gathers your cheeks in other places, when you're under the wings, the talons are always close by. And you see, the talons is where that eagle becomes a fierce warrior. You see, if I were to grip your hand, and I looked this up, if I were to shake your hand and squeeze all as hard as I can, there's about 89 to 100 pounds per square inch of pressure in my handshake. But it has been recorded in the Golden Eagle and the Bald Eagle that in the grip of those talons, that when they grab a hold of their prey, that there is a thousand pounds per square inch of force that that eagle exudes. Which means, when I'm under his wings, Brother Daniel, and I have access to his power, his power is ten times greater than anything I'll have, amen, on my own. When I'm in his presence, amen, I'm not relying upon my power. Oh, but there's Holy Ghost power that he can channel down unto me. This greater than any power. I'm not scared or worried about Vladimir Putin or Jing Xi in China. Amen. I am under the protection of God Almighty. And his power is greater than anything they can do. I will not fear what man can do unto me. Why? Because his power is flowing in me. And that his power has been made available to me. And it's available to all. 
all that are under the protection of the wings of that secret place. One more and I'm done. If you're going to run, better do it quick. We find his presence. We find his protection. We find his power. But lastly, in Psalms 91, there are some promises that are available but they're only available to those in the secret place. You see, some of God's promises are conditional. Everybody, it's amazing, politic time. You can vote abortion, all kind of ungodly things, but you give them a microphone in a church, they're going to quote, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, pandering, to the evangelical vote. But they don't realize that that is a conditional promise. If my people which are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn with their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. God ain't going to hear from heaven if you're not willing to humble yourself. God's not going to heal your uh, heal, the, heal the land until you're willing to repent of your wicked ways. So that promise is not to them. If they repent, it is. But until that time, find something else to talk about. You see, that promise is conditional. Psalms 91. There are some promises given. But let's read what it says. Starting off in verse 14. Because he had set his love on me. Where is it that you set your love on God? In the secret place. In the secret place. Don't tell me you love God if you're not willing to bow your knee and pray to God. Don't tell me you love God if you're never willing to get into his word. Don't tell me you love God if you're not willing to surrender to his will and to his way. But to him that sets his heart on me, listen to what it says. Therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. There are no less than seven promises in these three verses. Seven promises. Seven is the number of completion and perfection in God's economy. And in these three verses, when you set your love on him, when you set your heart on him, when you find yourself in the secret place, he says, I'm going to notice he doesn't say, I'll send an angel. I'll allow my spirit to do the. It's not what it says. I will deliver him. I will set him on high. I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him. I will honor him. I will satisfy him. I will show him 
my salvation. These are promises that God has given unto us that will find our way to the secret place. These are promises that are there for the taking. Preacher, why won't God hear my prayer? Have you been to the secret place? Oh, it just got quiet. Just got real quiet. And I'm putting myself under conviction because, Brother Daniel, I prayed a lot of prayers. I've seen some answered. Thank God for the testimony tonight. That wasn't me. That was God. But I've prayed some prayers that haven't been answered. But we have a promise. The promises of God are yea and in him. Amen. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Have I not spoken it? Shall I not make it good? Shall I not perform it? This is a promise from God. When he calls upon me, I will answer him. So if you've prayed your entire life and never seen a prayer answered, have you ever shut the door and found yourself in the secret place? Because God has already put his name on the line right there. He says, I, you pray, I will hear you. I will answer. I will lift you up. I will deliver. I'll honor him. And I will show him my salvation. Kirsten, come help me. I'm not done. These are benefits that can only be found in that secret place. The secret place with God. The secret place with God. The secret place is a position of power with God. The secret place is a place where God commands his blessing. And I feel if there's anything I've preached too long tonight, I've preached an hour on a Wednesday night, but I can tell you, it's been an anointed hour. Amen. Not because I'm preaching, but I feel God in this house. I feel like what we saw Sunday night was just a little bit of an earnest of a down payment of what we can have every day of our life. Every day. Thank God for what's going on in Kentucky. I rejoice that somebody's being saved. And if it makes you mad somebody's calling upon the name of the Lord, then you need to pray through somewhere. I'm not endorsing every wind and every doctrine that's out there, but thank God there's people that's calling on the name of the Lord. Thank God they're in a prayer meeting at 2 o'clock and not drunk and inebriated in a bar. Amen. I, I can't tell you that I endorse everything that has been said. I, I can't tell you that I endorse everything that's said at the church across the street. Amen. But I do know this. Amen. God is moving across this land. And God is calling each and every one of us to a deeper, more intimate walk. Amen. And it will benefit us all to find a secret place. Amen. This was birthed out of about a seven-minute devotion with the young people. And we challenged them this week to find you a secret place for a week fast something that's personal to you whether it's Facebook, social media amen, something, uh, uh, fast a meal fast a day, uh, but get along with God, uh, amen I, that you, listen, uh, there's dividends that you can reap in the secret place that you won't reap anywhere else, uh, amen and God isn't just calling four or five young people into the secret place, uh, he's calling mamas and daddies, uh, he's calling grandparents, uh, he's calling us all uh, to get along with him in this hour, hell is fighting greater uh, than ever before, uh, 
But I'm telling you, there is an anointing that's greater than ever before. This reserved to us, the children of God, that'll be willing to get along with Him in that secret place. Amen. I wonder tonight, is there anybody hungry? Is there anybody willing to meet me in that secret place? We're going to open up these altars tonight. Amen. If you're not hungry, God bless you. Amen. We'll see you Sunday morning. Amen. Come back and we're going to believe God for a great day. But I believe somebody in this house is hungry for more. Somebody in this house is tired of church as usual. Somebody in this house is tired of the rut and the routine of a mundane Christian life. There's power to be had in the secret place. There's protection to be had in the secret place. God's presence will meet you in the secret place. And His promises are here tonight if we'll press our way in. Come on church, meet me in this altar tonight. God is going to meet you here and we can leave different